Well, good evening, Peachtree. I hope everybody is doing well tonight. It's so good to be with you for our grace moments with Pastor Rich. I remember Frederick Beekner once saying, listen to your life, seeing it for the fathomless mystery that it is and the boredom and the pain of it, much less in the excitement and the gladness of it. Touch, taste, smell your, whole, your way to the holy and hidden part of it. For in the end, all moments are key moments in life itself is grace. I'm so grateful that you're able to join us tonight. We have a 30 minute um, time to interact. This is meant to be interactive. Would love for you to throw your comments into the chat uh, portion of it and, you know, feel free to uh, make amens, make comments. Uh, there's also a question and answer tab for you to be able to ask your questions. You can even go ahead and start to post your questions now because for the second half of our webinar today, um, one of the things that we can do is to be able to just engage with one another. So going to engage in some time together. We're going to start with some things that made me smile this week. And we know that there's lots of heavy news to share and lots of disappointments and things to pray for. But I at least wanted to start a little bit with um, some things that made me smile. So I'm going to go to uh, the sharing of the screen, and uh, I want to be able to share with you some things that made me smile this week. Okay, first thing that made me smile is not my picture there. Uh, the second thing that made me smile is this. This is, uh, we always look to the Bible for inspiration and for our heroes, and so when you look at champions in the Bible for social distancing, um, you, you got to think of Zacchaeus, uh, a wee little man and who discovered a great heart from God who got up into the tree. So this is what we need to be doing right now, biblically speaking. Another thing that made me smile this week was this man. I don't know if you, if you get a chance to Google this video right here of a priest trying to do online worship. I think he was a Lutheran pastor trying to do online worship, leaning in to read the word of God and the prayer, and then all of a sudden finds himself on fire. You've just got to check out that video. Um, no priests were harmed in the spreading of the good cheer of that video. And I loved this little meme that was out there. Uh, thoughts and prayers going out to all the married men who spent months telling the wife, I'll do that when I get home. Uh, because now there are no excuses for all of the honeydew lists that are out there. And this one nearly made me spit out my coffee. This is a Zoom version of Da Vinci's The Last Supper, which absolutely just tickled my funny bone to no end. So if Leonardo da Vinci had been living today and had been pulling together um, his artwork for um, the Renaissance and to share that together, it is such a fantastic little meme. And then this one just stole my heart. This was actually reported in the news through a couple of different outlets. Somebody sent this screen capture to me. It's from a boy named Ben on March the 18th, who's being homed school. And he wrote this note to his teacher. It's not going good. My mom's getting stressed out. My mom's really getting confused. We took a break so my mom can figure this stuff out. And I'm telling you, it is not going good. So an extra shout out and prayer uh, for Ben, eight-year-old boy, and for all the moms and dads out there who are trying to homeschool um, while all of this is going on. And then absolutely my favorite thing of the week was Pope Francis telling all of the Catholics that 
because of the shelter in place orders and the social distancing that they if they can't make it to confession that they need to take those confessions straight to god and um i can imagine that in this moment i've got my little martin luther bobblehead doll that martin luther is absolutely going to go crazy in heaven right now of thinking of the final triumph the reformation that the pope himself was telling people to confess directly to Jesus. I absolutely love that. That is a fantastic thing for us to celebrate, that everybody gets to go to God now. And we have one high priest, and his name is Jesus Christ. So love to take your questions. We're going to get to those in a little bit. Love to hear the interaction and the comments that, uh, that are going to be coming in for today. And I do hope that this finds you well. Um, I know that this is a stress-filled time, an anxious time for so many of us. And for some of those um, anxieties or what we don't know, and for what is seemingly uncertain, I know that there's economic uncertainties. It, it almost seems like it's been every single day that I've talked to a new person who has lost their job because of what we're going through right now. So our hearts are heavy with the burdens that um, are on our community, but particularly for those who are sick. Um, we wanna balance our sense of humor and the sense of the joy of the Lord with, with also the gravity of this situation. There are over 200,000 confirmed cases, and that's just tested confirmed cases in the United States. There's over 5,000 total confirmed cases in Georgia. Uh, the AJC just reported within the last 15 minutes that tomorrow the governor is likely to order a statewide shelter in place order for the whole state and to declare that all public schools are not allowed to be reopened um, for the remainder of the spring semester. And the projections, if we're paying attention to the headlines and what the epidemiologists are telling us, the projections are that hundreds of thousands of lives um, are hanging in the balance by our ability to slow down uh, this virus. And so please stay safe and, um, and practice uh, all that we need to do in order to love our neighbor and to love our community um, effectively. And this, uh, as I intimated last week, you know, this, this virus will at some point touch our church family and it already has. Um, we learned this week of two blessed members of our congregation, and I want to share uh, their screen, their picture with you here. And no, it's not the Pope. It's the next image here. This is Bob and Myra Marsh, and uh, I got to tour with Bob and Myra Marsh. They are at home. They, their spirits are still good. Got to pray with them, uh, but both Bob and Myra had some travel that took them within harm's way, and um, I thought it would be appropriate right now for us to just stop what we're doing and to pray as a church community for Bob and Myra as they go through this. So let's, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as we glance at the image of the joy of Bob and Myra when they're in the Holy Land earlier this year, we know that their hearts are close to you and that in life and in death, they belong to you. I thank you, God, for their incredible faithfulness and for the faith that they cling to and the trust 
that you are sovereign over all, that their lives, as all of ours are, are in your hands. We ask for your healing presence to be with them. We thank you already for Myra's um, feeling better, and we ask for you to be especially near to them and for your healing joy to fill their hearts, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is, um, this is a time when we realize that what's happening is not only significant and it's personal and it affects us as a church, as a community, and all of us are going to know in the days and the weeks to come with as critical as these next period, this next couple of weeks are, um, we're going to know people and be directly impacted by all of this. So um, I, I want to tell you some of the things that we're working on. I want to tell you where our focus is, give you a little bit of a sneak peek of what we think the month of April will entail and a couple of logistics, and then we'll get to your questions. Uh, if you recall, I hinted last weekend in services as well as in our time that a passage that really has stuck out to me has, was that turning point in the Gospels. There's one day besides the crucifixion and the resurrection that is recorded in all four Gospels. And that day uh, is the day of the feeding of the 5,000. And it's the pivot point in the Gospels where um, Jesus turns from just doing ministry to equipping his disciples to do ministry. The crowds are pressing in on Jesus and the disciples say, we need to send them away. There's not enough food here. We need to send them to all of the towns. And Jesus, something in him just says, you know what? They don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. And the disciples were absolutely flummoxed by this because they, they, didn't, they knew they didn't have the resources to try to meet the overwhelming needs of their community. And all that Jesus asked was that we bring what we have, which was a little sack lunch in this instance, in this instance from a boy, to bring what we have to Jesus. And in bringing what we have to Jesus, trusting that he will be faithful and true and that he will multiply it and that the people will be fed. So that image of the feeding of the 5,000, that out of hearing the news that his own cousin, John the Baptist, was beheaded you know, out of the fear and the sadness of that moment, Jesus responded with compassion and he healed people and he met the tangible needs of his community. So under that banner of feeding the 5,000s, and we call this grace moments, which stands for grateful, available, curious, and encouraging, we think our community needs encouragement and that our own lives need encouragement now more than ever. And so we've got a couple of action steps for us as a church under that banner of encouragement. And so I want to share with you a slide that kind of uh, shares this um, uh, effectively. And that's, that's this. We want to encourage one another. We want to encourage our community. And we want to encourage life in Christ. And there's three simple invitations for you. Take five for five, which we touched based on last week, but I want to explain a little more. Take five for five, give four for one more, and each day draw near to pray. Take five for five, give four for one more, and each day draw near to pray. So let's first talk about what it means to encourage one another. There are thousands of members of our church for whom um, we need to reach out and make sure that somebody's checking out on them, and in addition to that, that somebody is um, asking them if they need anything and how can 
how can we be praying for them? All of us deserve to be a part of a community and not just a name on a roster um, of a club or an organization. So we would love for people to think about five people in their lives and take five minutes once a day for five days a week to stretch yourself, to write a note, to send an email, to text somebody, to place a phone call, but to reach out to encourage another person to check on them. And what we're really asking for, particularly the people that are on this call, we want everybody to participate that and to do that. And some people may want to pick their own five people. But what we really need are leaders of the church who are willing to send us an email to volunteer at feeding the 5,000 at peachtreechurch.com for them to volunteer so that we can give out some names of people that we know need to be um, checked on. And uh, so one of the things that we'd love for you to do is to think about following through on taking five for five so that we might encourage one another. The second invitation is to give four for one more. This came in from a family in our church, uh, the Clark family. And they heard us talking about the feeding of the 5,000 and they told us what they were doing. And I loved it. They were doing a couple of things. One, um, Fulton County tells us that it takes about $4 to provide a meal for someone. And we wanna provide over 5,000 meals. We wanna feed over 5,000 people. And um, we know that food security has become a huge issue for our community. It's the most urgent need for uh, many aspects of our community right now, at least the community at large. And um, the Clark family decided that they were gonna do a couple of things. One, that they would, um, they would think about how many meals that they could donate in the course of a week and a month, and that they would make a special gift to the church and the feeding of the 5,000 above their kind of their tithes and offerings so that we might be able to help um, all kinds of different ministry partners and organizations who are involved in some of the, um, the less food secure portions and the under-resourced portions of our community to make sure that they're getting what they need. And the other thing that they were doing, which I absolutely love, is, is that they were setting a table at their own table setting for one extra person to remember the visual with all their meals to be praying for those who are hungry at this time. And so, no, we're not asking you to give $4 unless $4 is all that you could stretch to do at this point. Think about how many meals could you help to provide for somebody uh, and knowing the baseline is if you gave $4, that's one meal for somebody. Um, so that's a way for us to encourage our community to reach out. So take five for five, give four for one more. And then uh, third, uh, and certainly not you know last and priority is encouraging our life in Christ. And that's each day draw near to pray. We know that so much of what is important as we go through this is to find our anchoring for abiding in Christ. And so we're going to be providing you through the website, through, and you'll hear more about this, some new resources to help you to connect to God as we go through this difficult journey. Simone Vey once said that the only two things to pierce the human soul is beauty and affliction. And we're going through a period of incredible affliction right now. And I know our souls are pricked and that we have um, an incredible moment to draw near to God as we're going through this time of 
need. So if you're new to the spiritual life, we want to provide you some basic steps for starting to pray. If you're looking to take a next step, we want to provide you some kind of intermediate opportunities. And then we also think that there's a good number of us that are looking to go into the deep end of the pool. And maybe there's some things with online community and uh, online spiritual formation that we weren't ready for before, but now because of what we're going through, we are. And so stay tuned for some of those invitations to come. A couple of other just logistical things, and then we're going to get to your questions. One is um, this Sunday, we're going to share online communion. So if you're shopping in the latter part of this week, um, and you have some bread and some juice or some wine, um, we're going to share online communion. We'll explain more about the rationale uh, behind the appropriateness of that. We have checked with the denomination about that. Um, we believe uh, in kind of our theology and the real spiritual presence of Jesus Christ. And we believe that that is, um, uh, that is an opportunity for, uh, for us to gather that the spirit of God is not hindered by the fact that our walls have expanded um, and that there's a greater distance from us as we worship together. And so we're going to share communion together. If you don't have those elements, uh, if you can't participate, that's totally fine. Um, I don't believe that the grace of God is limited by uh, the, the presence of Christ in the symbolism of what we share. We believe God's presence can be with all of us, but there's something rich about gathering around a table, even if the table is decentralized in this way. Um, as per all of the different things that are going on um, in, the, in terms of the shelter in place and the social distancing, the community-wide Good Friday service that I was slated to preach at this week with all of our other Buckhead churches has been canceled. And so stay tuned at the end of this week with our Can't Wait and other communications for what our, um, our Holy Week schedule will be. And we certainly know that Easter will be online only. Um, as we go through this next month and that the church's campus in terms of ministry activities and gatherings and meetings that all of that uh, is not able to happen um, at the very earliest uh, till the end of April. So those are, um, as they say, at Lake, Lake Wobegon. Uh, that's all the news from Lake Wobegon. And I'm going to get to your questions now. Um, I did see a question about um, you know, a couple of logistical questions here about volunteering, uh, you know, if you want to volunteer uh, for our Feeding the 5000 initiative, particularly in the reaching out to people, um, that's the Feeding the 5000 at peachtreechurch.com. You'll see that in the, the chat feature that's over there. And, um, and if you do, there, there will be a designated spot on the website um, for our focused giving opportunity. We'll get that up and running uh, later this week uh, for us to be able to participate. But we wanted to at least make you aware of it, even though um, we're trying to get the infrastructure of the, the, new, the new website to be able to have that available to you. Uh, stay tuned because it's, it's coming. All right, so um, I wanna get to the other questions here. Um, if Easter is live stream, may I share the link with my daughter in Kansas? She'd like to attend Easter with me. Absolutely. The easiest way to do that is just to send somebody to the homepage of uh, peachtreechurch.com. And when you do that, um, the live stream uh, will be available. And um, that's the best place to be able to send somebody is to the homepage to be able to get to worship. 
Um, there's a question here, uh, it's anonymous. Uh, for those losing income, loved ones and social distancing and homeschooling all at once, what advice can you give us on how to face this with the joy of the Lord? How can we receive the service of others with grace when we're used to being the ones serving others? Oh boy, there's a couple of questions in that. I'll start with the second one. It is really hard to, um, to declare our dependence. We much prefer to declare our independence. And um, we're much quicker to stand up for our rights than we are for our responsibilities. And uh, the posture of receiving grace is actually more difficult for the prideful soul, which I know that I so often have, than it is to actually give. And so if you are in need, and if you were relying on other people to provide for you for medication, for food, those types of things, um, receive that posture. The, the word to bless in Hebrew is the same verb as it is to kneel, because being blessed is in a posture of receiving what we cannot do for ourselves. And so I would encourage you to, with this great question, to ask God to help you to be in a receiving posture. And that at the end of life is when we know for sure that life is never earned and we cannot achieve our way into eternal life. That at the end of all things, all things are eventually a gift of grace. Um, the book of Jeremiah says that the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness, that when they went through the wilderness, when they survived, they recognized how much they needed grace. And I'm sure that there's many of us who are going through that right now, realizing how much we need the grace of God. On the first part of this question, on those loving, you know, losing income, loved ones, social distancing, what advice can we, can we give on doing all of that with the joy of the Lord. Some of that is even in practical things. Um, one is to do what you can to get a little sunshine to get outside. I do believe that uh, Psalm 19 tells us that the heavens are telling the glory of God. There's something about being able to get outside with the beautiful weather, whether it's sitting on a porch or um, whatever the case may be, uh, obviously being safe, but being able to take in the fresh air. Of course, you have to take your allergy medication beforehand like I do. And, um, and to be able to recognize, to give yourself a little perspective. I think staying connected with other people and being able to do that virtually over the phone, whatever the mechanism is by which um, we need to stay connected, to tell stories, to remember, to, to use this opportunity to be with friends. I know that for Kelly's family, they have some extended family and friends and people they've done life with for, for decades. And they had people in Colorado and Florida and Georgia and Virginia and the Carolinas and all over the country. They were on a, a virtual conversation, three generations worth, uh, laughing, sharing stories. Any chance that we have to be able to go into community will help us to, to remember the joy of the Lord. And I think the most important detail of all is, um, is to give yourself a little grace and to go before the Lord and to ask. Um, I think there are certain things that God gives generously. Wisdom is one of those things. And I also think that joy is a gift. It's not something you manufacture. It's different from happiness. The happiness is tied to your circumstances. So walking around and being happy right now doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But 
being able to, um, as G.K. Chesterton once said, that the reason that angels are able to fly is they don't take themselves too seriously. Being able to realize that is, I think, a, an important point of eternal perspective that we can have right now. Got a question here of, are there any food donations and delivery activities through the church? Can we volunteer to, um, to serve in these things? Um, currently, there are some people who are in need, and currently there are some people who are volunteering and doing this. We obviously, um, if you want to volunteer in that way, you know, go to that same email of the feeding the 5,000 at peachtreechurch.com. Uh, we obviously have to monitor that with what the governor's orders may or may not be tomorrow and making sure that we can do those things in a way that's in compliance with what our community needs. But I think anything that's deemed an essential service of being able to provide needs for people um, is purple, uh, perfectly coordinated. Um, and so let us know if you're willing to volunteer. Uh, there's a woman on our staff that's in our mission department by the name of Claire Townsend, who's helping to spearhead that. There's a, a woman who asked a question here. How do you convince a person who's currently working as a hospital chaplain to wear a mask because he lives with three people over the age of 55? Uh, wow, that is a great question. Um, I think we all need to do what we can to try to keep not just ourselves safe, but others safe. Um, I read the comment earlier today that said, act like you have the disease in terms of being respectful of keeping your distance and doing what you need to do in order to stay out of other people's way, as well as without fear, assuming uh, that we don't want to take on unnecessary risks. And so that means, you know, it's probably best to go to the grocery store one day a week and not every day of the week. You really need to pay attention to those dynamics. Um, my guess is, is that interpersonally, if you feel like that there's a risk in a family, I know that certain families are even having to do quarantine within their own families because of the risks that are involved in their own family. And I, I don't know how to do what's specifically being asked here other than that through honest and loving conversations about what we think is best uh, for protecting one another. So. Um, there's a question here about uh, how can we send money to, to Peachtree for, and I promise money questions are not planted. Um, there, there's going to be a designated spot, kind of focused giving spot on the website that's coming up. Any advice for high school seniors as they learn that school is distance learning for the remainder of the year? Boy, my heart really goes out to our high school seniors, our college seniors, for whom they're crowning you know, kind of lap, if you will, their final lap and what is just, you know, a great season of celebration is going to be a whole different thing. Um, I think you need to try to figure out as a parent, what can I do to the best of my ability to honor and to celebrate the milestone of what your children and students have accomplished and I think for the students uh, in the midst of just owning the disappointment and, and how frustrating that is, how unfair that is, is, is just to give yourself a little bit of patience for that disappointment and to try to find some opportunities as things open up in the future to see what you can do to celebrate and to honor those things. 
Um, the question is here, will we celebrate Easter at a later date, even if it's in June? The plan is for us to e celebrate Easter online, uh, but we will certainly evaluate um, what the long run would be. But our hope is to be able to still to broadcast as we have been from the sanctuary um, through the Easter timeline and beyond. Um, will flowers be placed on the cross out front this year? Still working on this. Stay tuned later this week for that. I believe that is not going to be feasible. We've been in conversation with our florists and the chance to do that, but we have a, an exciting opportunity for us to, uh, our plan is to, is to have us all create our own with a template, our own flower crosses and to display them and to share them through social media. So stay tuned for more information on that. It, obviously, if there is a safe way for us to keep that tradition and if it's, uh, if it's reasonable, we will do it but we obviously want to be in compliance and to to make sure that we are doing only things that are really necessary and and safe even if it's disappointing um uh, there's a question here about a virtual easter prayer vigil there is a plan for the the traditional starting on monday thursday uh prayer vigil and then going through friday there'll be more information um more information about that there's another question here about reports that just come out stating that US intelligence have confirmed China lied about their fatalities and numbers. It is okay to have righteous indignation towards another country's handling of this. Um, my, uh, I, I think it's absolutely appropriate to be frustrated um, by, by all of the global handling of what we've been through, even though so much of it is unprecedented. And um, the challenge of righteous indignation is that a lot of the times, if that indignation usually spills over into self-righteousness. And so what I find is to take a posture of what one of the things that we say in our grace habits is to believe the best. And even though we know that people deceived us on a variety of fronts um, in the early stages of this disease, but to be able to say, you know what, I was not in that position. I was not making those decisions. I um, was not, you know, feeling the pressures that that person was. And while we may judge actions as right as wrong, we don't judge people. And um, I think that's even a greater part of the call of Jesus saying to love our enemies. And so in spite of even saying, boy, that was really mishandled, we're always called to love and to, to love people in spite of all those things. There's a great question here, and we're gonna wrap this up with just a few here. Um, uh, as a Christian, what's the right balance of protecting lives of the few to the detriment of the prosperity of the, of, the, of the majority? This is the great ethical question of our time and the balance of these two things. And because we know that we are saving lives by social distancing and the shelter in place orders, and we're saving hundreds of thousands of lives. We also know that the actions that we're taking will lead to collateral damage, uh, even death. And I think anybody who thinks that they have the absolute right answer for that um, is probably standing in a position of, um, of knowing, presuming too much, I would say, because the delicate balance act between those two things 
in the life of faith are an incredible tension and there's no easy answers for a really great question. A couple more, some of these are quick. Monday service service is gonna be online. Uh, we're gonna try to figure out exactly, but yes, there will be some sort of uh, midweek Holy Week celebration that should take place. Um, uh, another question here about leaving flowers at the foot of the cross. I would not do that unless the church coordinates that. Um, so please don't drop off flowers at the cross. Um, we, you know, unless, unless the church asks you to do that, we would want to make sure again, compliance and, um, and even demonstrating the, um, the witness to our community that we were doing things in the right way. Um, so there is, uh, there is a question here about any recommendations for families to celebrate Easter week from home. We've got a little special present coming to families this week, so stay tuned on that and some special resources on it. Hey, there's a lot of great, I didn't get to every single question, but there's a lot of great questions. And, um, but I do know that the Lord himself is the one who knows the answers to our deep, deep questions and our grievings and our longings. And I'm so honored to be connected to you as your pastor and for us to even have this chance for hundreds of us to gather together um, to help to share news and to be in this kind of fellowship together. Help us to spread the positive gossip of what's happening in and through Peachtree. And I look forward to seeing you in online worship this weekend. Let's pray together. Faithful God, you are Lord of all, even through these difficult times. I pray, God, that you will embolden your church and that you will strengthen our witness through these things, these efforts of encouraging one another, encouraging our community, and um, encouraging life to be fully lived with you. Thank you for the strength and the joy and the love that is so apparent and the people that I know that are um, on this opportunity together. I pray that wherever they are, um, for someone who is scared of being sick, someone who is sick, for the person who works in the medical community and rushes into hospitals each and every day, even though that puts them in harm's way. We pray for testing. We pray for protection. We pray for supplies. And we pray that you will meet both our spiritual and our physical needs. Lord, will you be with us and help us to be a part of that which is restoring together what is so need and so need of this broken world. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, everybody. I hope everybody has a safe week, and we'll look forward to seeing you in the online worship this weekend.